though, it's there's a lot more clearance in it than JL or a JT. Now, if you're wanting to take it off road, now you got to start lifting if you start getting your clearance. And obviously, things like backspacing for your wheels and all all that stuff that all plays into that. But the JL was built entirely different. And if you have a uh, Rubicon, then you definitely have more right because a, a rubicon has two inch higher fenders but a sport i know my sport s they went right on there and i wasn't rubbing this roundtable episode is brought to you by tyree lights tyree lights is known as an industry leader for lighting for heavy vehicles and mining forestry construction agriculture and material handling now tyree lights off-road brings this same strength and quality to your jeep Find out more about Tyree Lights at TyreeOffRoad.com. That's T-Y-R-I Offroad.com. Hi, I'm Tony, and welcome to all our new listeners and of all, our, all and all of our regulars, of course, uh, to the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable episode. I'm your host, and I'm excited to have you here for this special gathering of passionate Jeep enthusiasts. On tonight's episode, we'll be asking you one simple question. What does it take to go to 35-inch tires? Uh, and, I, and I know there's going to be lots of smart-ass comments, and uh, yeah, we, we love those, so uh, just everybody get ready for those. <laughs> hey, you can submit your questions to the roundtable to be used on the roundtable. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact to find out how to do that. Are you ready? It's time for the Jeep Talk Show with hosts Tony, Josh, Wendy, and Chuck. Hey, whether you're a diehard Jeep enthusiast or just starting to explore the world of off-roading, we're thrilled to have you here as part of our discussion. Please consider joining the discussion by being part of our weekly Zoom meeting. Just go to jeeptalkshow.com slash contact and find out how to join. All right, so uh, to start our roundtable meeting, uh, the attendees, please introduce yourself with your name and location the first time you speak tonight. This helps the listener know your voice when you speak. All right, so uh, hello, Zoom people. Hello, hello, hello. Oh. <laughs> All right, so uh, we've already talked a little bit uh, tonight. We were asking uh, the first thing we had asked, which was not an official question, but uh, something that came in was a, a question from uh, uh, Will from Chicago. He says he's uh, he had his uh, his tires uh, slashed uh, right before Christmas. And now he needs to replace two tires, but he doesn't re- want to replace all four. He doesn't give any kind of measurements or anything as far as uh, what the the, the tire di- diameter difference is. But I was telling him that I don't think it's a great idea, and you probably don't want to go into lockers or put it in four-wheel drive if you're going to have dissimilar tire uh, diameters. And and the dissimilar diameters meaning that some are new tires, two are new tires, the other two are older, worn tires. And uh, uh, what do you guys think? Is that, uh, I mean, I think the, the simple answer is to always just uh, put four new tires on it. That sounds pretty simple. This is from St. Louis. I think if it keeps them on the front and the back, keeps them, keeps them paired, you know, as a set, I think it'll be okay. The little bit of wear you'll have there, I don't think it'll, it'll affect anything. So, does anybody have any idea what the what the range is? Like, could they be an eighth inch off, or I mean, how close do they have to be? I, I'm sure there's some some slop in there. They it, it couldn't be that they're uh, they have to be perfectly uh, in sync size wise. I guess it really doesn't matter on an on an open diff. Sorry, it's Ali from North Florida. Um, on an open diff, it really shouldn't matter. 
but uh, as soon as you have ABS or something on the vehicle, then it could throw off some codes or something. But we're talking about an LJ, so that's very unlikely to have ABS or anything. This is Matt from North Carolina. You know, similarly, since we're talking about LJ, you know, keep the keeping the same left to right, but uh, on something that has full time four wheel drive, like a you know some of the uh, what ZJs and WJs, uh, you know, th then you're getting into issues if you do run even front to back different tires. But as long as you have a part time case where you can go in, uh, where you can completely go in rear wheel drive, and you're not going to drive it on the street four wheel drive, you should be good. Good. I like I like hearing this. It's not what I expected, to, to be honest with you guys. This is Roger from Wisconsin. I, I don't know if I would do this or not, but there is a method that you could use to fix those tires. Even if it is a sidewall puncture, it's a vulcanizing. You can get the tires. It's a vulcanizing repair of some sort. I mean, I guess depends on where you're driving it, but that is a method of repairing sidewalls that it's not something that you can do as the end user. You generally got to send them out to have it done because they x-ray the tire and everything else before repairing it. But I had a, a tire vulcanized once, and it worked just fine. Now, was this on a passenger vehicle or a commercial vehicle? Passenger. Oh, nice. Do you remember how what much was, it cost? Yeah, what was the cost uh, difference between just getting a new tire? I want to say it was like our own... 50 bucks but it was like i had to pay the 50 bucks whether they repaired it or not so i mean it's kind of one of those where I mean, if it was just a, a sidewall puncture um and it was a real small hole so i'm assuming that it didn't damage a lot of the cords so they were willing to fix it but if it's something a larger sidewall repair or damage i mean if there's too much sidewall cords that are ripped through they probably won't do it so it's kind of one of those it's a crapshoot but my tire guy said that he thought he was pretty confident that they would fix it. And they did. Yeah, tires are so, so expensive. I mean, yeah, they're expensive. So, I mean, if you got a tire that's almost new and there's a lot of tread left on it, I mean, yeah, in the perfect world, you go out and buy new tires. But, I mean, in a non-perfect world, you do what you got to do. The, in the real world is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, and on a passenger vehicle, I mean, you know, a blowout is a blowout. So you could say that you know, you run the potential of having a blowout. Well, I mean, you got a spare on the back, and I mean, isn't that spare there just so you can have a blowout for all kinds of reasons, whether it's a sidewall puncture that repair failed or if it's just something you hit in the road. So on a passenger vehicle, I wouldn't be worried about throwing a, a vulcanized tire or a tire that was vulcanized on there, especially if it's done professionally and not just by some guy in his garage. Right. That's a I tell you what, in Chicago, I bet there's several places on the south side that you could you could go and actually get them to do a patch. Oh from, yeah, from, and I, from experience, because they'll, they'll definitely put some used tires on that aren't, aren't worth shit. Yeah, I bet you there's plenty of places around Chicago that do that vulcanized repairs mm -hmm. too. Never heard of it before. That's interesting. I'm, I'm probably not the only one. So thank you for sharing that, Roger. It's not something that's more, very common with passenger vehicles. I mean, it's more of a, a farmer or an ATV, but you can do it. It's just the scenario has got to be just right. I mean, if you get a brand new tire and you can't get it warrantied, do you really want to be out 500 bucks? Yep, yep, yep. 
All right. Well, uh, we, we spoke That's recently. That's not a bad point. The, the warranty, I wonder if discount tires, uh, certificates for replacement would have covered that. And if he's buying yeah, more for the same there. area. That's a good point. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If you got that certificate with the tire, they cover that. You don't have to buy the tires there to get the certificate either. As long as they're within a certain, you know, tread depth, everything else, you can take them up there and get a certificate on tires you didn't buy from discount. That's the reason why I don't take my Jeep downtown Chicago. Did he uh, say how long he'd had the tires on there? No. Uh, I've, I've given you all the information that was included in the email. Um, so, yeah, no, that's that's, that's it. And like I said, he didn't give uh, the difference, the tread depth or anything on them either, which would have made uh, answering the question uh, a little easier as well. All right, well, let's move on to our main question, our reason for being here tonight. What does it take to go to 35-inch tires? I mean, we, we recently asked, uh, what does it take to go to 40-inch tires? And boy, it was all over the place, as, as one would expect, because it, it depends. Uh, and uh, just like that, the going to 35s is simple for some uh, Jeep models and uh, or, or even... Um, well, we'll see what it be, models or makes, uh, like the Rubicon, for example. Uh, I think Rub the Rubicon uh, has been an easy one to do 35s on uh, in uh, several different, uh, like the, maybe the TJ uh, and uh, certainly the uh, the JK and the JL uh, are, are more adept to the larger tires. Uh, but uh, let's, uh, uh, let's hear from you guys. What do you think? So what does it take to go to 35-inch tires? And you can use the Jeep that you have or whichever Jeep you'd like to talk about because it, it really does depend on what Jeep we're talking about. Rick, Rick from Arkansas, I'll go ahead and go first so we can get all the smart ass done with. <laughs> um, I, I'm, I drive a TJ. A uh, previous owner put a uh, two-inch puck lift on there. It's still on there. Um, I put a one inch body lift on there. Uh, I've also got uh, Highline fenders to install uh, front and back. And once I do that, I will have no problem whatsoever putting uh, 35s on there. Part of the process I'm going through right now is, uh, uh, like I said before, putting a Dana 44, swapping out a Dana 44 out of a Rubicon in the back. Um, matter of fact, I might have found a front one. I'm kind of negotiating, working that out, but I may have found a front data 44 for the front. And uh, so that's what I'm doing to go to uh, to 35-inch tires. Now, I've, I've got 33s on there now, and I've got the some of the cheap Amazon plastic uh, flat fender uh, flares on there, and that allows me to run the 33s the way I am now. And the only time it ever rubs is like if it's just totally stretch completely out and it uh you know it uh you know you get a little bit of rubbing but it i ain't worried about them plastic fenders that just makes a ni nice sound and i go on so to carry off what uh what rick had mentioned on the tj you know uh, you look at a jl and look at what the what the real differences suspension wise are and it's not your bump stop so i mean really what's what's keeping you from shoving your tire up into your fender it um is the is the bump stop there and the bump stops are the same between a rubicon and a, a sport but the the real differences are you've got different fenders on it and then you've got uh, a different axle width so really identifying what the things that are preventing you and your specific model are and then rectifying those are what's going to allow you to fit bigger tires and then 
of course, you got to think whether you're going to actually flex it out or, or keep it on the street. Yeah. Yeah, how you're going to use it makes a big difference on and uh, uh, what you do with the tire size. I mean, if if you just need if you just want the look, and and let's admit it, some people that's that's what the most important thing is to them. They don't they're not using it to get up higher so that they can get over rocks and uh, various things off road. Uh, they want that look, and uh, certainly if you're not driving it uh, in uh, stressful situations, and I mean stressful for the drivetrain, uh, then you can get away with a larger tire without having to worry about it as much. Yeah, this is Bill from Central Texas. I think the other thing to think about is is your wheels and the the back spacing, like the width of the wheels, right? Is the the wheel wide enough to to mount the tire that you want to go put on there, right? So you got to look at the tires and and see what the kind of the the minimum you know width of the the rim is for that. So you may have to adjust that. The other thing is is the factory wheels tend to you know have a lot of back space where they kind of tuck in on there, so. You know, there's, there's a more likelihood that you put a bigger tire on that factory rim and it's going to rub. Whereas, you know, you get like an aftermarket wheel with you with the backspacing that kind of pushes the the wheel out on there. Then that's going to give you a little bit more clearance for tucking those tires. And I think the other thing too is like on the the JLs is get different axles. Like the Rubicon axles are a little wider on there. So we had a buddy of ours. You know, I've lifted several of these these JLs and. Buddy of ours had a, a Willys, and we, we, you know, we went and put the the tires on there, and had an issue with the uh, with the end links in the rear, like putting the longer end links on on the the rear there. You put a couple fat boys in the in the Jeep there, and the end link starts hitting the the top edge of the the wheel because the wheel is tucked in so far. So we ended up having to put the factory end links back on until he got new wheels with different backspacing to kind of push the wheel out to give you that clearance for the for the end links there. So there's a lot of that, you know, those things you have to look mm-hmm. at. Anything like, you know, Matt mentioned is the bump stops on there. That that reduces your your up travel, right? And so depending on the fenders that you got, you have the Rubicon fenders to give you a little bit more clearance on there. So, you ha- you know, you have to go and adjust that. You know, a lot of times it's, it's trial and error where you got to go flex it out and say, okay, I, I need to add an inch of more bump stop or two inches or whatever that is, right? So, you know, a lot of it's kind of just trial and error and kind of playing with it, but those are all the things that you have to, I think you have to look at. Yeah, this is Larry from St. Louis again. I think also you're looking at what actually are you, you physically have in the back? Are you running a Dana 35 in the back? Maybe a Dana 30 in the front, older axles? I mean, do you want to risk that? I mean, if you're just running on the street... Eh, maybe that clip will stay on for you, but do you want to wheel that? that that'll, that'll be a big question right there. You want to push all that extra weight on that axle. Okay. You see people running spacers, wheel spacers. I don't know how many rigs I've seen on the trail where it's abandoned and you see a wheel spacer and all the studs are like missing off the spacer, right? Yeah. And that person got stranded and had to abandon their vehicle to go, you know, go get help or whatever. So, you know, but those are things, again, that comes into the, the backspacing, right? You're trying to do things on a budget, you know, instead of buying new wheels, maybe you throw some spacers in there to push your wheels out, but then that adds, you know, another potential failure point on the trail. Well, and you also, you also want to look at the man tire manufacturer because not all tires are great, are, are graded equally, you know, as far as sizing. Not right. all 35s are 35. You know, yeah. some of them are true, some of them are not. And on top of that, I mean, if you if you check when you're checking for clearances, if you're going to be flexing it out, don't forget to air it down. 
Because airing down a tire changes the tire clearance that's, that's required. Yeah, you might rub air is, down, but you won't rub down if you are. I mean, the good thing is there's a lot of good information on the, the internet, right? You're going to do from the manufacturers on what you need to do. It's like, yeah. I have a sport and I want to run 35s. Well, then you need to go run these bump stops with this and that. And, you know, they'll give you, you know, this backspacing. So there's a lot of good information out there on the, on the web for your specific application. On the uh, speaking of the tire size, uh, you, some of you guys are familiar with the Nixons. Or the Nick, did the Nixons stay pretty true, or are they they the millimeter not you know like if I get a thirty five in Nixon, is it going to be a thirty five? A lot of the no. a lot of the thirty fives are like thirty four and a half. Yeah, right. like I don't know yeah. why they do that. Yeah. When you get Congress involved, it's like they used to do on uh, computer <laughs> monitors. <laughs> I think one thing you got to think about is you got to be, you know, truthful about what you already have and how your Jeep's equipped. So a, you know, putting a 35 on a, you know, just these JLs and a 35 on a, a sport JL with a six speed that has 345s in it is going to drive very, very differently than a eight speed Rubicon with four tens. And, you know, thinking about the gearing and, and, you know, you may be able to make it work, but, and I know a lot of us, when we were young, you put the biggest tire on you can and just live with it. And just, you, you lose fifth and, and fourth gear. <laughs> right. But, you know, something to think about. Mm -hmm. right. Just because someone was able to do it in their Rubicon doesn't mean you can do it in your sport and vice versa. Right. Yeah. Sacrifice functionality for looks. Yeah. The gears. Yeah, can get expensive, uh, right? Yeah. The gears I mean, and the differentials make a big difference on what size tire you can run. Can you guys hear me better now? When you get older? Yeah, we can hear you now, Bob. You know, uh, I was saying that the tire size Kenda has a 35 by 10 and a half 17 now. So Bill was talking about the width, the rim you need. You wouldn't need as much backspacing running that narrower tire either. Right. So. Oh my God. I think we lost Bob. <laughs> no, I finished my statement. I was done. Oh, it kind of cut off all of a sudden <laughs> like that. I thought it couldn't handle the additional audio there for a second. <laughs> Well, yeah, I mean, that, no, that, I, that's kind of the point I quit of this. talking is, on my own. Do you not want me to stop talking? Because I can keep talking. I can talk a lot. That, that's not the bottom I mean, I I'm not even done yet. <laughs> so that's kind of what we're talking about size, here on all, this, uh, all these different changes that you can do to your Jeep. It doesn't necessarily mean that it's not going to uh, create a bunch of other things that you have to do. And, and you don't really want to find that out whenever you're leaving the tire shop. And then if you want to do a lift, whether well, I think it's, it's like very a spacer lift or, or something like that, then there's all these other things you got to start worrying about, you know, whether it's your track bar, you know, now your track bars aren't right. You need an adjustable. Brake lines. Your, <laughs> your chocks got to be a little bit longer. I mean, I just did a one and a half inch puck lift on this thing, but I still swapped out my shocks, right? I mean, to get the, the extra downward travel, right, from that extra lift. Otherwise, my bump stops would... You know, it would just be sitting there, you know, you put a puck in, you put a spacer in, or a bump stop in there. It's like you'd have, you know, an inch, inch and a half of, of clearance in there between the bump stop and the, the bottom there with everything in there. So, you know, you just, it can, it, it can kind of snowball, right? And then you got your control arms. If you want to get the geometry back, you, you know, got to get adjustable control arms and just it can add up new end links, like longer end links. Like it just. It could be a, yeah, a, a snowball. 
And this is the reason why the multi-billion dollar aftermarket industry is a multi-billion dollar market. <laughs> right. Yeah, and every model is different, obviously, right? Because yes. a, a JL, you just go you just go buy them and you bolt them on. But if you have an XJ, well, that's a much bigger task ahead of you. Well, even amongst the, the JLs, there's like different versions, right? Well, there's different axles, right. different, I mean, different shocks, different... You know, engine configurations, like... Different vendors. Yeah, different springs. I, I think one of the best things far, is something far, Bill's... Are far different. I think Bill mentioned something earlier that was, was really important to anybody that's actually looking to go off-road, and, and that is test it out. So there's RTI ramps that your local off-road shop probably lets you just run right up it. You can run up a loading dock. Uh, you can track down... Uh, uh, Metal Cloak has the CTI tour that goes around. And the best way to tell if you're going to rub is to flex that thing out and see if it rubs and then yeah. figure out what you got to fix there. You know, a, you know, a lot of these issues can be fixed relatively cheaply or with, you know, whether it's swapping out, swapping out fenders or, or on the, you know, chopping them in half like you can on the JLs. But uh, until you know what you need to do, you're, you're always going to have that surprise crunch off road. Yeah. So Larry. Don't put it on a rock. Yeah, so Larry, you mentioned uh, the JL. You just throw the thirty fives on there. Uh, is that for all versions of the of the JLs? So even on my Sport, I, I started with the Sport S, and before I really did anything else to it, there was thirty five sitting under it. Now, if I hit a curb, I'm hitting. I'm also going to hit the fenders. So it's there's a lot more clearance in a, a JL or a JT. Now, if you're wanting to take it off road, now you got to start lifting if you start getting your clearance. And obviously, things like backspacing for your wheels and all, all that stuff that all plays into that. But the JL was built entirely different. And if you have a uh, Rubicon, then you definitely have more right. space because a, a Rubicon has two inch higher fenders. But a Sport, I know my Sport S, they went right on there, and I wasn't rubbing. But so you could turn, you, do you could turn lock either. to lock. You could drive normal every day, but uh, uh, actually doing something minor like just getting up on a curb would be enough for you to to rub on the flares. Oh yeah, yeah. If she had any flex, she was going to rub. Right, uh, and that's kind of the point uh, as far as uh, the, putting the the thirty five inch tires on any vehicle is where is it going to rub. And, uh, right. and if it, if it doesn't rub when you're driving around, well, great. You don't need to do anything more. Uh, but if you're going to take it off road, now you're going to potentially start rubbing on things. And, and the old days on the TJs and the XJs, that's whenever fender flares started popping off. Yep. That hurts rubbing on your control arm, your lower control arm. Fender flares. We don't need no stinking fender flares. <laughs> <laughs> I think some states require it. <laughs> you need some water. <laughs> so, what about the 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 JKs? Uh, do, do we have any JK owners in here? What would the the uh, the will all models of JK handle thirty fives or no models of JKs? Uh, this is John Central Texas. <clears throat> say when I first started looking at upgrading my JK from factory, what Bill talked about earlier was one of the first things that I found, which was the wheels. So the wheels are in the back spacing for a, a factory JK wheels. You there's you really can't go to 35s without swapping those out or running spacers. So that was that was the first thing. Suspension wise, around town, I think you can stuff 35s or even 37s in there pretty easily. Uh, you're not going to have any 
suspension travel or anything without hitting anything, but you can kind of run around with them like that. But um, to do it right, it's it's not much different than what we've already been talking about for the PJs or the others, right? You're going to have issues with gears. You're going to have issues with um, with braking. So a lot of times, especially if you want like a sport or something like that, we go to 35s. Some of the 35s are pretty heavy. Toyo, Nitto, some of those, they, they're pretty heavy tires. But when you swap out and you still have your factory brakes, you'd be surprised at uh, how bad that, that feels when you go to stop the first time, especially a panic stop. So you don't want to forget about that. Yeah, that's um, a good point. Brakes are important then, from time to time. And the other thing is is not so much what you need to fit the 35s and more like run them a lot. And that is to to be aware of the additional wear that you're you're adding on some of the components like steering. So things like ball joints and, and other things. I know the JK does have the steel knuckles. Um, so that's that's great, but it still has ball joints that, that don't like <laughs> the heavy tires. And especially if you're wheeling it a lot, um, you're, you're gonna have issues with, with that. So tie rod in, straggling ends, and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you're, you're adding more wear and tear on all of those uh, wearable parts uh, when you go to the heavier, the bigger tires. So the fitting 35s, I think we've covered that quite a bit, but I think if you're asking the question about running them, 35s, 37s, or anything, um, you really need to look at what what is it going to impact um, with your, your driving style, whether you're on the road or off-road or whatever. Um, what do you want to kind of beef up? Do you want to wait until it wears out, then upgrade it? Or do you want to try to be proactive uh, on it? But uh, I know brakes and steering are, are two of the biggest ones that I went through. The other one on a JK specifically is if you decide to put something like a, a lift on it to be able to clear the tires and actually be able to use off-road and suspension, you you have this thing called an EVAP cylinder or a canister that sits on the back. Yeah, uh, You will flex your drive shaft into and you will cause damage uh, if you don't relocate it. There's a lot of aftermarket companies that sell relocation kits and stuff like that on there, but I don't know if it's the same on the JL, but on the JK, if you're if you're going to start putting the bigger tires and going off-road with suspension mods, you definitely need to relocate that, that EVAP. Um, not just putting a skid on it where it's at because you're still going to be getting into your drive shafts. You really need to relocate it uh, and, and put that further up. I think it puts it further towards the rear over the rear axle. That's kind of where the re- most relocation kits put it. So um, your front drive shaft again that'll that'll droop out quite a bit in the exhaust tube on a uh, on a uh, JK when you go to to make that that upgrade. Uh, if you put a suspension lift on there, you either got to run an exhaust spacer or some other kind of exhaust modification to to kind of move that that pump. Otherwise, again, it's it's drive shaft flex and everything else you're going to be getting to, even with an aftermarket drive shaft for that one. So those are that's what I ran into when I went to thirty fives and then. On 37s, instead of, instead of dealing with any of that, I just bought a new front axle from Dynatrack and said to hell with it. So it had all the upgrades already built in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and so I guess we can agree that uh, whether it be a YJ, a TJ, uh, a, uh, uh, a JL or a JT uh, or an LJ, uh, you, can, uh, you can put 35s on pretty much anything. Uh, it just d- depends on how much work you have to do, how many modifications you, that you have to make. Um, so, for example, we haven't spoken about the the Gladiator, uh, the the JT. Uh, I I put uh, I can't remember if I went the thirty fives or the lift first, but you can put thirty fives on on a JT. And if you uh, uh, have a Rubicon with four ten gears, or you bought the Max Toe package like I did and got the four ten gears, thirty uh, fives uh, live quite happily on there. 
And as far as the uh, the backspacing goes, the the factory wheels uh, will uh, run those 35s just fine with no rub uh, on the uh, on anything underneath the the, the, the Gladiator. And I did put a, a two inch Mopar lift on it, and and I haven't had any problems. I think maybe I've rubbed a little bit with the the tire on the fender flare, but I think that was an Easter Jeep Safari, and it was a a more um, aggressive uh, thing that I was doing at the time, but it wasn't even bad. I mean, I, I think I just heard a little something. So uh, if you're looking for a good combination, uh, the 35, uh, 12 and a half by 17 uh, is what I have on the, on the JT and uh, I haven't had any issue. Now that I think the gears are very important um, that, uh, and, and this may, may also, uh, Oh, and the other thing to, to keep in mind is, is that the, the gladiator comes with Dana 44's front and rear, whereas your, your JL, uh, will probably unless it's a Rubicon or maybe some of the other models, uh, but the the more base models are it's going to be a Dana 30 up front. And now you have to start being concerned about um, the the size and uh, uh, the torque that you're putting on the that axle with the uh, with the larger tires. And anybody d- disagree with that? Just jump in. You no, forgot to you forgot to mention the spare tire. Uh, spare tire will fit uh, for the on the Gladiator will fit in the uh, the spare tire holder. You can I've heard that you can put a thirty seven in there, but you probably have to air it down. The uh, the other thing I was I would bring up is if you're talking about the um, you are going to swap out to different wheels because of that backspacing issue we talked about a little bit ago. Um, at least on the JKs and up, seventeen is about the lowest you want to try to go in diameter, mainly because of being able to fit your brake calipers and everything in there. So if you think about, you know, the TJs or their XJs, or whatever, we could run, think what, 15s or whatever on yeah, them? Yeah, 15 uh, is uh, stock. Yeah, you can't, I would not plan on running anything less than a 17 unless you're going to do a total swap out to smaller brakes and all kinds of other stuff because you're just not going to be able to fit it around all of that. Yeah, it's very important. And, and you may actually get into some of the uh, steering components. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the other thing too, maybe this is like a pro tip. So when I was buying my new tires, I actually went with the 315 70, uh, 17s on there. So if you look at those, they're very close to like a 35 by 12 and a half, but they were like $80 cheaper a tire Good for the Lord. same That's exact, nice. you know, KO2 BF Goodrich tires. So I oh. went that route. I mean, it was like minuscule, like, you know, eighth of an inch, quarter, like, I mean, they're 34 and 0.4 inches in, in diameter. And if you look at the 35 total and a half, I think they're, those are 34.5 or something. I mean, it's just, you can't even tell the difference. And real quick, uh, d- divert a little bit from this conversation uh, for our YouTube uh, viewers. Uh, and if you don't know about the YouTube channel on, uh, for the Jeep Talk Show, just uh, check us out over at uh, YouTube. Just do a search for Jeep Talk Show. You'll see uh, a lot of videos there to watch. Uh, so, Bill, people are seeing uh, you standing in your garage with a, a red uh, JLU and a gray JLU, uh, and uh, they may think that's a well, isn't that nice? Uh, Bill and his wife have uh, each have a Jeep. Uh, so, correct people on on that. That that those two Jeeps are not. Uh, uh, I mean, I mean, truth be told, they're both they both belong to your wife. But I mean, seriously, the the one that is driving it the most is you. <laughs> Well, so the red one is my, my wheeler, my fun Jeep, my four-door. And then the, the gray one's my two-door, is my, my daily driver. So they're built differently. My red one's built with, you know, all the control arms and belly skid and, you know, 37s and, you know, kind of got 
all the things for, for the trails. Whereas this one, I'm, you know, I'm definitely going to wheel it, but it's going to be, it, it's a lighter build. So I'm, I'm keeping the, the stock control arms. I put some spacers in there. I took the, the shocks from the, from the red Jeep and, and put those on here because they were an inch longer than the standard Rubicon docks on there. So it's just a different build and it's just a different, it's just a different ride, you yeah. know, a four door versus a two door. So, you know, I had a daily driver anyway and, and, you know, I had a Honda and I just said, you know what, I, I'm not a Honda guy, you know, for driving to work. I was like, I want to drive a Jeep every day or that or a truck. So I traded in the Honda and, you know, this is my, my daily driver. Yeah, no, I think it's a sweet deal. I mean, uh, certainly the gas mileage on the Honda is nice and everything. I was just going to say, now the the red one. Most people may not know this. The red one is a three ninety two. So uh, I was going to say, does it does it bother you a little bit having a more anemic uh, power plant uh, with the three six in the uh, in the other Jeep? But you were driving a Honda, so that's got to be better than the Honda, right? <laughs> uh, no, I mean the Honda had that two liter turbo in there. It was plenty fun, but I mean, this one here, you know, I can run regular, you know, regular gas and I'm commuting in it. And I think today I, I was getting 21 MPG on wow. 35 inch tires. Nice. Like commuting. So, I, you know, couldn't, I couldn't complain. Whereas, you know, the red Jeep, uh, you know, on a, on a good day, I probably get 12 or 13, you know, commuting on that on, on premium. So, and I don't want to sit there and waste, you know, you're sitting in traffic or, you know, you're commuting to work. Right. I mean, it's a complete waste to you know, take a 392 and just go with the flow of traffic. I mean, where's the fun in that? Right. Yeah. And I like sitting up higher too, so you can see what's going on around you. Yeah. I mean, we had a ton of rain coming home today and, you know, being in the Jeep, I definitely felt, you know, a lot better than a lot of folks in these tiny little Hondas and Hyundais, you know, hitting the, the patches of water. So, you know, I mean, I certainly wasn't hauling ass, but, you know, just slow and steady. And I, I had confidence that, yeah, you know, even if I a, ran into it's some a big flooding or whatever, I had a vehicle that, you know, was more than capable of, of you know, dealing with it. Yep. Uh, oh, uh, so I don't make this a whole big show about the uh, the 392 versus the, or the, uh, it, is the, the 392 a 22 or 23? 22. 22. So have you noticed a lot of differences between the 22 and the 24? Uh, the interior is totally different. Uh, so I've run, I've run into problems and issues with aftermarket accessories being totally different because they got airbags. Like I was getting into some of the plastics and I was running some, like replacing the speakers and the roll bar and that's all totally different. And there's like canisters up there and like all this airbag stuff in there that you didn't have before. So it's kind of interesting. It, it did, it looked like a simple refresh, but they've actually changed out quite a bit. And like just getting to like the, the, the dash apart to go change out the speakers it used in the in the in the first gen jls it was super easy to get the dash apart and get to the radio pull the head unit and and on this new one it's like everything's over engineered even the the, the front grill like pulling it apart it, it's it's something like 20 some screws and Good 20 some clips nice. it's just like way over engineered and it's like why like why why did they do that so yeah, taking the grill out of the uh, out of the Gladiator is really simple. It was sim- yeah. it was simpler before I put the the winch in front of it. Now it's a little yeah. more difficult. <laughs> well, the good thing is the grills are interchangeable. So if you have a a twenty like a lot of people, I guess, are buying the twenty four style grills and putting them on 
you know, putting them on their, their older Jeep. So I'm actually talking to Distinction Applied. They do a lot of Jeep like painted parts on there. And I'm looking at buying like an older style grill. I, I just can't. Yeah, I, can't I don't love the the Renegade grill on the front of this thing. So yeah, maybe it's just because it's new. But I I like the older grills. But I mean, the grills have been changing on Jeeps since there was a Jeep. Sure. So wear headlights. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's right. Uh, uh, Greg, uh, unofficial use only, is coming out with a uh, a square headlight grill that you could always put in there. I think uh, Greg needs to, to color match those things. Then he'd sell a lot more. <laughs> Well, I say sell a lot more. They're actually not for sale yet. They're coming out, though. So uh, you guys can check that out at unofficialuseonly.com. All right. So uh, I think we've uh, we've mentioned the lift here a few times. Uh, certainly, if your, your Jeep will not uh, run 35s uh, initially and you don't feel like uh, doing a Saul's all cut of uh, all the uh, <laughs> all the pits that are hanging down low, uh, a suspension lift uh, is one of the things a lot of people go with. And, and you may not understand why people do that. It's not just to make the Jeep look uh, taller. It's actually to give you more tire clearance. So um, what do you guys think about uh, suspension lift? What do, you, do you get a suspension lift that's j- just high enough to give you the clearance uh, and maybe the, uh, the clearance during articulation? Uh, or do you go up an extra inch or two? I think some, something a lot of people forget when they're doing a suspension lift is that that the lift in itself isn't getting you more clearance on a Jeep. It's the, the bump stop that you're adding is what's, what's getting you more clearance going vertical. So, uh, you know, that's, and a lot of people have that question of, do I go two and a half or three and a half inches? And really for tire fitment, it doesn't matter if you go two and a half or three and a half, it's all, you know, you're, you're going to have to run the same amount of bump stop for the same tire. And then your, your debate is really, do I, I want enough up travel to drive it down the road? There's there's three places you get lift or clearance. One is with the tires, which gets your diff up higher. Yeah. Two is with the lift, which gets your the distance between your tires and your body of your Jeep. And then the other place is you can actually lift the, the separate the, uh, the do a body lift, which separates the frame, which is where the plane that the suspension is on. You can raise that up an inch. So what what I'm doing is is I've already got a one-inch body lift, and with the, the puck lift, if it's up to me, I wouldn't even have the puck lift in there. And uh, But where I'm going is with the Highline fenders, so that gives me all the body clearance that I need. Now, Matt, you lost me. Uh, in my understanding of a suspension lift, uh, you do the suspension lift so that you can get the, the body up higher uh, and clear the tires, whether it be just to get them on or get it, also have them where – when you're flexing, you you have more clearance between the top of the the tire and the and the body of the jeep. Um, I, I'm not following you as far as what what do you mean by the? It doesn't matter if you go two inches or three inches or twelve. It, it to me it makes a big difference. Well, well, so it's uh, you know talking about what when you're going to hit, and so you know it, you know if you have to have you know say in an extra where where, where your clearance steel. Like you're going to have to have a minimum amount of, of lift to clear the steel, but you're, you really, what's setting where your tires go up to is that bump stop. So if you add three inches of bump stop to a dead stock Jeep and you can fit 37s under the fenders and they're not, they're not hitting your steering, you can run 37s. You just will have zero up travel. And, that yeah, means yeah. That and you're talking about a, for flex. Uh, you're talking about like when you're flexing out. 
but but also when you're driving on the street, right? So you need enough up travel in order to hit a speed bump and not bottom out, right? Yeah. So if you have a half inch of up travel, that's going to be a miserable daily driver or regular driver. Yeah. But really, that three inches of bump stop is what is clearing you um, yeah. when when you hit something. So you know when you get high enough, you know, say on uh, on our Jeep with six inches of up travel. Yo, it's you're you're not going to use that six inches of up travel on a speed bump unless you're hitting it at eighty, right? But if you're talking about a stock JL where as JL Sports got two and three quarter inches of up travel to start with, you know that's a uh, you know a pretty big difference there. If you if you need to bump two inches to hit thirty fives, all of a sudden you got three, you know three quarters of an inch of up travel and you're going to hit it on every bump. Bottom out, bottom out your suspension. All right. Yeah, the lift is just going to give you more up travel, right? So if you go stock and you run the right bump stop for the bigger tire, you may only have an inch between the bump stop, you know, and the axle, right? And so you're more likely to hit that. So by adding the lift, you're giving yourself more travel, you know, before you hit that bump stop and you're less likely to hit that bump stop because you're sitting up higher. Right. But regardless, so, you have to kind of run met? the same amount of bump stop because that, you know, limits kind of that up travel of that that tire into your fender regardless this, of the lift this is great from colorado um the other thing you gotta think about when you're doing the suspension lift is it's also bringing up the belly height mm -hmm. yeah. No, oh, yeah there's a lot of there's a lot of benefits yeah. to it I, I would say you know you know tire fitting tires are one thing but really what you get from a suspension lift is the is the other pieces and then you're regaining up travel if you've bumped up Correct. Yeah, Matt, and that's it. And it's very different than an IFS. Where when I with an IFS truck, you put a, a baser lift in an IFS truck, and you've moved your entire range of travel down. That you you can't. You you actually are moving your bump stops because your shock is your bump stop at that point. Where that's not true in a Jeep. Matt, you got a four by E. Wasn't there an issue with lift on the drive shafts in the four by E? Where you can after. A, that mount, mount you could lift it before you had to replace that shaft, the drive shaft, and it was drastically different on a 4 by e wouldn't it? Uh, so, it's, no, it's it, minimally, if at all, it's still on, on pretty much all JLs. Is if you go over 29 inches of um, group, you either hit your, you, you, you max out the R, the uh, Zeppa joint that's at the transfer case on the drive shaft, or in the case yeah. of the 4 by e and I think it's the other two liters too. Uh, there's a cross transcross number it's further forward, and so I actually ran almost twenty or twenty eight and a half inch long shocks in the front, and I was uh, after about six months I was eating through the slip joint boot in mine. Okay, uh, is it that like you start hitting that around three and a half inches or more of lift? But it's, it's really the shock length. Yeah. So, but most you know it depends on manufacturer. But uh, like a two and a half inch metal cloak, because the Rock Sports are thirty inches plus whatever extra stuff they give you, you you can do it. You know, with a two and a half inch lift from metal cloak, you'll you'll well, blow out your drive shaft. But, but it's about that metal shock cloak length. lift is really a three and a half inch lift. But it, but it's not really that. It's about how because your your actual droops, I know. which turn, I'm just which saying, their their springs are like they'll say two and a half, but then you get it and you're like, holy crap! Like, mm -hmm. yeah, well, four inches of lift, a little extra. Yeah, their lifts are kind of kind of designed around you having a winch and body armor and skip plating and mm -hmm. and, and weighted down. So they want to make that sure you're, they're trying to make sure you're still getting <laughs> that lift. 
after you've done all that to it. I mean, it would suck to put a two and a half inch lift on and then, you know, put all your skid plating and everything else on. And yeah, but it back sucks when you're doing a lift and you're like, you, you want two and a half as the target, like it, you, exactly what you want. Because that's right. what happened to a buddy of ours. We put the damn thing on there and it looked like Inspector Gadget with the, you know, <laughs> wheels like <laughs> way too damn high. I ended up having to like swap the springs out and, you know, put, put some rock crawler springs on there instead because they were way too, you know. Well, well, and that's another good thing to talk, you know, talk about just in general. And, I, and I'm sure this applies to more than just the JLs, but almost every manufacturer you look at out there is basing their lift height on a sprung deep off of, uh, or off a spring lift on a Rubicon Rubic. that's loaded. Right. So almost, you, you know, if you're, if you're lifting a sport with a, any, you know, a two and a half inch Terraflex or a, you know, rock crawler or whatever, you're going to get at least three and a half inches out of that because that's they're they're all designed around and spec'd around that. So if you want to go, you know, if you're trying to stay down in that lower level, there, you know, guys like Clayton and stuff make some 1.5s and two inches that uh, uh, are going to be more, you know, more likely yeah. to end up well, with there. And then, of course, though. what Bill just did, a spacer lift. The spacer yeah. lift is going to give you one-to-one -one no matter what. Well, that's one of the reasons I went with the spacer lift because I knew exactly how much damn height it was going to add, right? Because... Mm -hmm. That didn't change, right? Whereas you look at Clayton's one and a half inch springs, and they're like, well, on a two door, it's actually going to be closer to a little over two inches, right? And I was going for an inch and a half. Mm -hmm. So this is a good point. Uh, we've mentioned spacer lifts a couple of times. Uh, if people don't know, a spacer lift basically lifts the body of the Jeep between the frame and the body of the Jeep. It lifts the fr uh, the, the body up no. off of the frame. The body lift. Well, it's a body, so it's a body lift, but like a body spacer lift. lift, they have spacer lifts that basically go in the spring pockets on there. So this one, you basically pop the spring out. Oh, yes. There's an sorry, inch and yes. a half spacer in the rear on this one and like a one inch in the front so, on there. So Rick, basically, you pull the spring out, stick the space in there, put the spring locks into the into right. that and you put it back together and it gives you your your extra height so right. so rick on your tj did you say body lift or spacer lift i've got both i've got uh the previous owner put a two inch uh puck lift in there that sits on top of the spring and then I oh put a that's what you guys are calling it a puck lift okay i didn't know because yeah. i think of pucks being uh, a bump stop where you put the you glue the puck the hockey puck um, in the coil <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm calling it a puck, but it's a space it's a spacer lift, right? And then uh, and then the body lift is is yeah, it's the one inch that that I have that goes uh, it's aluminum aluminum that goes in between the uh, frame and the body, right? So uh, the uh, uh, let me make sure I call it right again. So the the body lift uh, that I wanted to ask specifically about the body lift, so. Uh, uh, Bill, you don't have a body lift. You got the spacer lift, and right. Rick, you have both. Uh, I've always felt that the body lifts uh, are not anything I'd want to do. Uh, Rick, how do you feel about it having one? Is there was there any negatives to it? Uh, not not really. Other than um, I, there's parts of it I don't like the way it looks like in the back. But the reason that I did that is because I was doing the tummy tuck, so I pulled everything up flat under under the belly of my jeep so uh, in order to pull everything up flat i had to give that get that extra space uh in there for the for for everything to fit in there so that's that's why i, I you know i put a one inch uh, body lift and a one inch motor mount lift 
which lifted up my my drive line mm -hmm. so that so that it was in alignment and then uh and then i did the adjustable uh upper control arms in the back so i could adjust my pinion but uh so that that's why i did the body lift otherwise i wouldn't have so does anybody know of any negatives for body lifts um or the front axle when you're turning the space for you know you think of a wheel it's a circle as you lift the frame with a suspension lift when you turn the wheel you'll actually get extra space in turning because of the tire getting shorter as it goes in towards the frame and you won't get that with the body lift yeah, yeah. The body lift I think your isn't it transfer like your transfer case and, and transmission doesn't that all that stays with the frame so do you have like a mm -hmm. a gap there or something with your shifter or that's exactly where i was going i remember when we were in colorado a couple of years ago i think it was garrett he had his tj and he had put that body lift on there and he was running out of the uh kept dust. popping out yeah kept popping out of a uh, four-wheel drive which is not good on black right. yeah well, I, <laughs> right well I, I put a cable yeah i put in a cable shifter so okay. that so take care of that so and and you know with with the body lift you know not not only are you you know you're working with that and then like rick mentioned he he's he's pushed up his, his all his mounts to have it come up in but otherwise everything else is staying at the same height but you're not getting any actual like frame clearance from body lift um you're all, all you're gaining is uh you know more uh uh more Bender clearance, basically, and then in the case of Rick, where he can actually pull the other stuff up and get flat underneath, you know, it gives him gives him that access. But um, it, it, and they're extremely cheap. But it, it, you know, with a with how cheap spacer lifts and stuff are for for the newer jeeps, it doesn't it just doesn't make sense. It's a, it's a lot it's a lot of work <laughs> to, to, yeah. to do it. So yeah, and yeah, and the only reason I did is because I was wanting to do the the flat belly skid mm. and. uh just some of the places and that I was going and what we were doing that that TJ shovel was literally I mean I was I was ending up with gravel and rocks and everything shoved up in there and I just knew I was fixing I was going to break a you know the uh, U joint or something there where the you know where it goes into the uh, from the fr front so drive shaft goes into the transfer case there I mean I couldn't tell you how many times that just jam full of gravel and rocks and everything and i was like oh no this is not probably good. perfect for hot springs right yeah. <laughs> yeah. well I, i've actually busted a transfer case because of stuff going up wouldn't do that shovel so yeah now that's what i was going after and uh, and i also did the slip uh yoke eliminator uh i mean that was my whole winter project last last winter was doing all that but one thing you will see, you know, in a, you know, it's probably less, you know, especially with a one inch on a on a Jeep, it's going to be less apparent. But like Rick mentioned, you can actually tell when it's been done on a truck. If you've ever been driving on a, down a, the road and seen a massive gap between a tailgate <laughs> and a bumper, because yeah. the bumpers are frame mounted, you'll you'll be able to spot them on the road yeah. if someone's got a three inch body lift on it, because there's actually the everything with the frame stays with the frame. So uh, you've got a massive gap back there. You got a big gap between the body and the uh, uh, under the fenders. Yeah, and it's it's not even with my one inch, just the one inch lift. It's it's noticeable. Mm. And, and it's, that's that's 
And That's it, one of the things I don't like about it. And if you're you're new to this and you haven't put it together, you can do both a body lift, a, a, a spacer lift, and a suspension lift. Which I guess the 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 uh, the, the puck lift, as uh, as Rick would call it, is kind of like a suspension lift, uh, a cheapy uh, suspension lift. But mm-hmm. you can do all budget. three of those things. Yeah, budget. You can do all three of those things. So there's a a ton of different ways uh, that you can. Uh, uh, get enough clearance to get those uh, 35 inch tires on there so let me wrap this up for the for the folks if you have a jl or a jt uh you can and this is true or false you can put 35s on it uh from the factory you just get the, get the vehicle roll down to discount or wherever you get your tires and slap 35s on there and you're good relatively speaking without without all the the caveats uh, the <laughs> you should be able to do it without without much uh, issue. Or mall crawling. Yeah, yeah mall crawling. Yeah. yeah. A, a Rubicon, you can 100% put 35s on it if you're not going to try to flex it out. And, and yeah. actually, I, I think the Rubi- some of the Rubicons uh, models were, uh, they had packages with 35s on it that you could get from the factory. The Recon. Yeah, the Recon. So yeah, they, they have extended bump stops, though. Yeah, they have extended <laughs> bump stops. They have a little more lift. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so uh, with the the JKs, uh, did we did we ever get down to what the JK comes like from the factory? Could you put thirty fives on a JK, JK, JKU? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can put them on there, like we said, but um, articulation is going to be a problem. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but just getting them on, just putting them on, you get it, you drive it. I mean, you're not going to get it from the factory anymore, but you can buy stock. JK's still used. Now the TJ's. Uh, this is this is one I don't know. I don't think you can put 35s on a stock TJ. I think you have to do something with the the fender flares or a suspension lift or a, a body lift or a puck lift or, or, or yeah, the, you have to do yeah, that. I think, you, I think right. you can't get much over 31s or the 32s on a TJ without something. Yeah, you get you're gonna if you don't you you have to change the rims and or put spacers on there to get to push some tires out or you're gonna be rubbing on the frame hard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean hard. Yeah, and then two you're gonna be getting into the fenders and everything else. Yeah, you could stuff a 33 in there. The problem is once you get any bigger than a 33, not even in the front, in the back you'll actually start catching on the tub. Yeah. So, uh, the, and I know nothing about YJs. I wish Travis was here. Um, uh, does anybody know about the, I would assume the YJ is going to be very similar to the, to the, uh, the TJ as far as not being able to put a 35 on it without uh, several modifications. Seems like, seems like he said he could do spring under and, and do a lot, but, yeah, but he caused him lots of problems. Yeah, exactly. So we're going to say, we'll just be safe and say no. Uh, so, and certainly I know the XJ. XJ is no way in hell. I put a four, four and a half inch lift on the XJ and uh, 32s rubbed uh, whenever I was turning the wheel too far. So uh, there's no way I would have got 35s on there. Uh, don't, don't forget the XJs are uh, both a body and suspension lift. That's right. I never. You can't find a body lift for an XJ, can you? (laughs) (laughs) I will say, with some trimming, I'm on a four and a half inch lift with 35s. Oh no, it can be done if you don't mind cutting and don't mind your fender being bent. I can see that bent fender right now. (laughs) That that was was, was from something else. Yeah, (laughs) it always is. (laughs) 
<laughs> and Rich is an expert of taking that tire and putting it on and off. Of that, that <laughs> hey, he's busy. He, <laughs> he's, he's about as busy as he is with uh, hey, your, is it? Does it make it any better that the gas tank is sitting on the ground right now? <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, that in this case, his control arms are like three feet long. So, <laughs> All right. So I think, uh, I mean, I, I don't think we include Compass and uh, Liberties and uh, any, any of the other ones in this because I think 35s are just no way, no how. Unless you, unless you, yeah, unless you own a shop. <laughs> uh, so uh, I think that that pretty well covers it. Uh, and I do see if you if you guys, uh, I think everybody understands this. There's been a definite progression in the way uh, Jeep is designing uh, the Wranglers and the Gladiators to accept the larger tires uh, straight from the factory. Uh, I, I mean, there's just no way, no how with the TJs, uh, the, uh, the, the YJ and the XJ that you're going to do 35s without, uh, with a, uh, with a decent amount of uh, effort. Oh, does anybody know? I know somebody said earlier, I wish Chuck was here. Does anybody know about the CJ is the, what's the largest, uh, could you put a 35 on a CJ, a stock uh, CJ? If, if one ever exists at uh, this day and age. Yeah. He's, I know he's got 35s on that one he's got now, but I don't know what all has been done to it. Exactly. Yep, yep. So, uh, with giant springs on there. Yeah, I wish Chip, uh, Chip was here. If Chip was here, he'd know too. So, but uh, I'm, I'm, we're not sure about the CJs. Uh, so, you'll have to uh, wait for a future episode of the Jeep Talk Show on that one. Well, what a great roundtable episode that was. Uh, we really appreciate you guys being here and uh, going through all that with us. It's uh, it's always fun to get the, uh, the the team in here. The the uh, the mindset the Jeep Talk Show Zoom people mindset in here to answer all these questions and, and as you can tell it's never a easy answer uh, it's very uh, very complicated in many many cases but it's a lot of fun getting there so you know uh, you got that and coming up on our next interview episode we're going to be talking with Carrie and Paul Porter of, of Discover Four by Four Adventures it's a great conversation this is uh, we've had them on before. Uh, it's uh, it's great speaking to them, and I think you're going to enjoy that interview. Hey, that brings us to the end of another exhilarating Jeep Talk Show Roundtable episode. I want to express my deepest gratitude to our incredible panel of Jeep enthusiasts for sharing their valuable insights and experiences uh, and expertise with us today. Your passion for Jeeps is truly inspiring, and we're grateful for your contributions. Hey, thanks again to Tyree Lights for sponsoring this Roundtable episode. To have a look at the amazing lights they have to offer at TyreeOffRoad.com. I have Tyree Lights on my 2021 Jeep Talk Show Gladiator, and I never have to be afraid of the dark again. Hey, remember to support the shows, the companies that uh, support the show you love, the Jeep Talk Show. Visit Tyree Offroad, that's T-Y-R-I, OffRoad.com. So until next time, keep those Jeeps running strong, hit those trails with confidence, and remember, it's not just a vehicle, it's a way of life. This has been Tony hosting the Jeep Talk Show Roundtable episode, and we'll catch you on the next ride. Broadcasting since 2010.